it's time for NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Ralph Ventry. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go for the final week of February. You know what that means. March is right around the corner. And of course, March is when we crown our Northeast Conference champion. We have a lot to do on today's show to set up the final stretch of the regular season. We'll go to the, we'll go to the tweet sheet. We'll say what is amazing. We'll, we'll do it all. Let's get started right at the top and look at where we stand. Now, Mount St. Mary's with its sweep last week, they are the first NEC team to 10 victories this season. But entering this week, Mount still a half game behind St. Francis U in the Northeast Conference standings. Those teams, one and two heading into the week, only separated by a half game, Mount and St. Francis U. It's almost like it's 1994 all over again. Of course, these two historic NEC programs have had battles upon battles over the years, and uh, that rivalry reached its height in the mid-90s. But now it's 2021, and these teams are back at the top of the NEC. They're jockeying for the number one spot in the NEC tournament field. Of course, that team will have home court advantage throughout. You see some other teams here, Sacred Heart, Wagner, they're in the playoff mix. Fairleigh Dickinson trying to steal one of those four spots. Of course, this year's tournament reduced by four due to COVID restrictions. We'll have the semifinals on March 10th, the championship game on March 14th. But first, we have to crown a regular season champion, and that's what we'll be doing over the next 10 or so days. So buckle the seatbelt and come along for the ride. NEC Women's Basketball, it's the stretch run. That's where we stand. She gets buckets. And now we're sending some love up to New Britain, Connecticut, forever Toppin. The junior guard has it going on of late. Actually, the junior guard has taken a huge leap in her third collegiate season. As a sophomore, 28 appearances, seven starts, 4.6 points per game. This year, she is a key member of that rotation. She started all 14 games for the Blue Devils, and her scoring average is up to 11.3 points per game. She's in the top 15 of NEC scorers. Forever Toppin has scored at least 13 points in six of her last seven appearances. And really, she took off 
this last week against LIU in a two-game set. She averaged 15.5 per outing, shot 55% from the field, and really, there's no sign that she's topping out either. She's forever topping. She is on the way up. She gets buckets. Shout out to a New Jersey product up in New Britain, CCSU's forever topping. Time to move along. Let's check out the socials, and we send it to Craig D'Amico for our Twitter timeout. Thanks, Ralph. It's time to turn to the tweet sheet for this week's Twitter timeout. Now, I could be a homer and go with my own tweet from Saturday, which uh, I was talking about a live look at Michaela Harrison right now, and I gave a little Jordan shoulder shrug gif after Michaela Harrison hit her sixth three. She would go on and hit three more after I sent that tweet out. But, uh, I mean, come on, that's a high-quality tweet right there. But uh, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to go with this tweet from the LIU Sharks at LIUWBB from last Friday, and it's quite simply 1,000. Junior Brandy Thomas became the 20th player in LIU women's basketball history to reach the 1,000-point plateau. She accomplished that feat in the waning seconds of the first half on a layup in LIU's 63-50 to win over Central Connecticut State. But the best part of the tweet was the locker room celebration video that went with it. This was wild. Brandy comes into the locker room. The team was given a nice little polite clap and she hesitated a little bit. Cause she's like, what's up here. She hesitated for like a good two or three seconds. And then she thought, oh, I guess it's just a clap. No big harm. So she started to walk towards her locker and that's when the team got her Bravo LIU Bravo ladies. That was masterful. You got her to let her guard down and then you got her. That was great. Now, one of the players in the background, I believe it's number one, Janae Williams, slipped on the floor in the middle of all the water that was being tossed around. Uh, so we hope that she's okay. But how fun is it to see that celebration for a tremendous accomplishment? 1,000 points for Brandy Thomas, a preseason first-team all-conference selection and the newest 1,000-point member of the LIU Sharks 1,000-point club. Stats amazing. Today, we're talking about Mount St. Mary's offensive eruption. The points have been piling up in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Mount St. Mary's amongst the top 35 NCAA team leaders in scoring offense. They lead the Northeast Conference with 75 and a half points per game. And last week in the sweep of Bryant, the mount was firing on all cylinders, 179 points in 80 minutes of basketball. In three of the last four games, Mount St. Mary's has scored at least 85 points. We go to the first game of that two-game set against Bryant. And the Mount was raining three-pointers and a single-game program record, nine three-pointers for Michaela Harrison. Mount St. Mary's offense, they lead the NEC in free-throw percentage, ninth in the nation there, by the way. They lead the NEC in field goal percentage and three-point 
field goal percentage. Mount St. Mary's scoring more than 10 points per game, more than 10 points per game, more than the, the second place team in the NEC. Wow. Mount St. Mary's offense stats amazing. And now we kick it back out to Craig D'Amico with this week's edition of Craig's Corner. Thanks, Ralph. Yeah, Mount St. Mary's, they're, they're pretty good. And now we had some breaking news this week, some exciting news. Uh, the big reveal for the final game of the NEC's regular season TV package for women's basketball. It's a wild card matchup that will take place this Sunday, 2 p.m. ESPN3 from Emmitsburg, Maryland. It will be the Mount St. Mary's Mountaineers taking on the St. Francis U Red Flash. We have been waiting all season for these two heavyweights to step in the squared circle and go toe to toe. And it will finally happen on Sunday. These two teams have both been really strong, both been fun to watch. And now we'll see what happens when they go head to head. You just mentioned it, Mount St. Mary's an incredible season. Their numbers are off the charts, 75 points per game. They're only allowing 61, which I mean, the defensive part of Mount St. Mary's game is huge as well. They average 10 steals per game. We know they could shoot the three uh, and they're, they're, winning by such big margins seven of their first 10 conference wins are by 20 or more points they're outscoring their opponents by nearly 15 points per game and at home where sunday is going to be the regular season finale at not arena they're even better they average 77 points per game at home so a lot of people might say oh this year there's no such thing as a home court advantage not at not arena for mount st mary's they love shooting on those home rims uh, they're very talented at it and they'd love to wrap up home court advantage throughout the playoffs. Now, this past weekend, we all know Michaela Harrison. She was like BTS, lighting it up like dynamite last weekend with the 35 points and nine threes. But if you look real close, you'll see that Mount St. Mary's is a team that's been a balanced team effort all season. It's a different player every night. And everyone's contributing and doing the little things that they need to do to help the team win. For example, Kendall Brzee on Saturday, the scoring wasn't going. So what did she do? Instead, she distributed the ball, six assists. She out-rebounded one of the best rebounding teams in the league in Bryant. She came up with steals. She found other ways to impact the game. And it's not just her. It's everybody on the team. Now, an interesting story for Mount here to watch going into this weekend as they look to inch closer to their 10th regular season title and first in 20 years since 2001. We know earlier they had a full month in between games. So rust was was an issue early in the season now they're in a stretch to wrap up the season of eight games in 14 days so now we're talking about rest being a factor and the the margin of victory that i mentioned earlier that's been huge because they're winning by 15 points per game they're able to manage minutes rest players go deep into their bench just this past weekend no player in either of the two games against Bryant played more than 28 minutes. So Coach Marcazano is doing her best during this stretch to not just win games and inch towards that regular season title, but keep her players fresh with all these games at once to get them ready going into the postseason two weeks away. And on the other side for St. Francis, great year, second season under Keela Whittington. 11-game win streak. They started 9-0 in conference play. The year-to-year -year improvement's been tremendous. Last year, their biggest issues were turnovers and defense. They've improved the turnovers per game. They've improved the assist-to-turnover ratio. They've improved defense and points allowed per game. And as a bonus, the cherry on top of the Sunday, 
They've improved on the other side of the ball as well. They're averaging eight points per game better on offense. They've had six different leading scores this year, but of course it doesn't take Karnak to see that Carson is their leader. Carson Swagger, that is top five in the league in scoring. And that's something they didn't have last year. Last year, it was the first time in 10 years that St. Francis did not have a top five score in the league. Carson Swagger's doing that this year, and she's not alone. She has help. Lily Benzil can hit from the perimeter, score in bunches. Junior Jada DePaul might be having a most improved player season, averaging two points, two rebounds more than a year ago. Had a great story on SFU social media about the work she put in during quarantine to get faster, jump higher, and prepare for the upcoming season. And then you throw in Maxwell, the freshman, Mastalone, who's had a great two years, Haley Thomas, another one of their senior leaders. A lot to like for the Red Flash, a program that's won 12 conference titles, looking for a 13th, and also searching for their 10th regular season title and what would be their second in four years. So it'll be the two heavyweights, Mount St. Francis, Two teams who've combined for 15 tournament titles and perhaps the two favorites for this year's crown meeting up at the Mount on ESPN3 should be a Sunday fun day in Maryland. I'm all in for this wild card game, and we hope you'll join us for the broadcast coming up at 2 p.m. on Sunday. All right, folks. Well, if you're listening or watching the show, you're probably already doing these things, but we remind you, make sure you download the NEC On The Run app so you can watch all the games live via front row. And also for this weekend, that Sunday matchup, St. Francis U and Mount St. Mary's, download the ESPN app and watch our featured women's basketball wildcard game. That's all we have for this episode of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. We'll be back with one more next week prior to tipping off our tournament. So join us again, won't you please, when the time is right, for Craig D'Amico, I'm Ralph Ventry. Thank you for enjoying NEC Women's Basketball on the Run.